about you, DK. Hi, Moan. What's Happy Monday. On? What's going on? Not much. Laughing that you've been a goof off air. That's what's most fascinating, DK, is you, <laughs> man. That, that, that's what's going on. How you living? You know where my wife and I went today? I saw images of it. I don't know if I've ever not ever seen that place, though. Where was it exactly? Falling, falling Water. It's about an hour away from Pittsburgh. It's a, It's an international uh, historical treasure. The, mm. the house designed by Frank Lloyd Wright uh, 90 years ago, um, beyond belief, Moan. I, and I, I'm so embarrassed to tell you I'd never been there, and I live right here. Really? Until today, I'd never been there. See see what see what you get to do whenever you have a Thursday night game and you also have an extended weekend, DK. You you got a smile on your face. You went dating your wife. Like you saw <laughs> what is this new world that we speak of? I see you smirking behind the scenes, dolls. I see you. <laughs> More Thursday night games with DK. <laughs> Thursday night games, bye weeks, the whole deal. But at the same time. It's also nice to have a regular old football week back as well. It know? is. It is. Are we back ready for uh, are we ready to talk about that? Yeah, we are, man. And I got the bell in the other room. I don't want to get up and run and get it. All right, ding. Oh, man, Moan. So it's Steelers versus Packers Sunday at 1.02 p.m. at Akershire Stadium, and it'll be the Steelers jockeying for position in what now can be stated definitively is the best division in football. Everyone is 5-3 and three or better, meaning the Ravens at 7-2. and two. Uh, That is, I'm sorry, even by some of the standards, when you guys were playing, yeah, you at least got Cleveland off. <laughs> I know. This I is know. different, man. This is another chapter. It is, man. Um, and what's crazy is everybody is recognizing that too. I'm writing down the show title for you, DK, just in case you was wondering what I was doing right there. <laughs> um, just all in all, the 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 quality of play now that Cincinnati's above board, right? DK is looking good. Yeah. The Steelers and nobody has an answer for what they got going on. It's just that it's good and it's must watch TV as we know it right now. DK, we knew that Baltimore could be good if Lamar got weapons around them, and we're seeing that. And it's a matter of what Cleveland is doing with that defense, and if Deshaun Watson is actually going to stay healthy and stay on the field for them. This is DK, and I say this to a bunch of people that I work with—not a bunch of people, a few people that I work with. I say this to people that I talk to. I watch a lot of guys on social media have this conversation that played in the North, so there are some biases there, too. The AFC North mm-hmm. right. is the best division in football. Now, there are some divisions that have had good run. AFC West, you got to admit it, with Breeze, with Mahomes being in there, with a Peyton when he was in Denver. Like, you look around, everybody's had their run, right, DK? Mm-hmm. But consistently, the yeah, North... That's, that's- that's the separator here. It's the fact that we could have this same discussion 20 years ago. Yeah. And and it hasn't changed. You never had one of those years, for example. You know, when it, remember when the NFC East was just an absolute joke a couple of years ago? Every team was like 3-10 and 10 mm-hmm. at some stage or whatever. 
that yeah. that's what I'm talking about here. And on top of that, here Stephen brings up a great point. Steelers are two and zero in the division. Now you can say what you want about it being the first week of November, but that really adds up. That and the conference record. It, it does, and I much rather have us two and zero. And in a good spot to where we got to fight off a few teams, right, DK, instead mm-hmm. of being 0-2. Like, that's the other side of it. Cincinnati's in a iffy-looking spot. I mean, there's some teams that, like Cleveland, they drop one to us, and you just got to ask yourself, how is that the case? But lo and behold, this team finds a way to fight, man, DK. I'm not sure where you want to go, but I have to ask this question because it's never happened. And and I feel like the the, the pace in which he runs this team I don't know if you can ever make a real case for him to win it. But, of course, we've talked about the best defensive player in the world right now, T.J. Watt. We are. He's at least top three in that conversation. And it's not even – I don't. I think everybody else after that is, hey, we can't even have that discussion. Is, is this the better or the best bang-up job that Coach T's done with this team as far as having the conversation Coach of the Year? The coach – Brian Dayball won Coach of the Year. And look what he's doing right now. Do we want to leave that topic alone and just say, hey, if it happens, it happens? Do you actually want that as a head coach? Here's my problem with that. Talk to me about it. And and I'm not ducking out of it because what happens when you have a head coach who has as many different areas of authority as as Tomlin does. I know, I know. I, I, I just, you know, it just keeps happening. Uh, for the, yeah, for anybody who's just got audio on this, there's just something about it. When I wave my hands in front of the screen, it just does weird things to the camera, I guess. There's got to be a way to turn that off. I have no idea. But I enjoyed the little surprises that happened on your screen, DK. It was balloons announced, a thumbs up emoji. You know what? If he's also the guy who's in charge of the draft, yeah, which he kind of is, if he's also the guy who's in charge of uh, developing the players, of disciplining yeah. the players, of all the many, many hats that he has, then to me, I'm never one to just separate, but the coaching has been great because okay. he's gotten, I've heard a lot of this in the past week, well, he's gotten a lot out of a very little. Well, guess what? It wasn't supposed to be a very little. That's very true. That's okay? very true. So I have a problem with just saying, ah, yeah, way to go. Way to coach all those crappy players you've got. But you're not supposed to have crappy players. And I'm not sure that they do. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Motivation is a part of his job. He has done that. They fight. That team is going balls to the you-know-what, okay? Actually, yeah. I went you-know-what with the wrong direction. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're going, you know what, to the wall. I'll just say it now, DK. <laughs> you said both words now. You said both words now, DK. Oh, Way no. to go, man. But the only reason I bring that up is because of perception. It's because of what's happened so far. How they've won games when they were probably not supposed to be the better team. Figuring out Kenny Clutch. If we want to call Kenny Pickett that or wherever you want to. Fourth quarter, Kenny however you want to label him, Matt Canada conversation, um, just all in all. It's the only reason I bring it up, DK, just because you look at it and you say, Cleveland was supposed to lose, right? Baltimore, with as good as they are right now, 
and all the drops, whether you want to say, well, Baltimore, it don't matter. Baltimore has seven drops, two of them in the, two or three of them in the end zone, right? It don't matter, right, DK? Because when I look back at that list of what the dubs and L's are, it don't give me a descriptor, DK. It's win or loss. It doesn't say loss because Baltimore won because Baltimore dropped seven passes or whatever the case may be. It's wins and losses. Yeah, I, I love this too, by the way. Everything about the Josh Dobbs story is so great. And it just keeps adding new chapters. We have to bring this up because you're his teammate. You're his friend. Uh, and then on top of that, afterward, after the Vikings give him this special celebration in the locker room, uh, he gives credit to Mike Tomlin for saying that he always felt like he needed to be prepared because of the standard is the standard. It's one thing to say it when you're in Pittsburgh and that's your boss or that's your coach. He doesn't have anything to gain from saying that to to a group of reporters in Minneapolis, does he? He doesn't. And I try to I, I try DK to you know to not to use Coach Tomlin or definitive modes of Coach Tomlin, although we've been critical of him too in these moments. But anybody will tell you, you walk inside that locker room, if you're right-minded, DK, you're going to walk away with something. Mm-hmm. And, and Dobbs' situation was just simply that. He gets traded from Pittsburgh, goes to uh, Jacksonville, and, and and restarts his career. Then he ended up starting a game or two, if I'm not mistaken, there too. And opportunity. He wasn't going to play behind Ben. And then you go draft Kenny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dobbs, y'all know I'm sympathetic too because we went to the same university. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But – Smart guy, and this also tells you too. Sometimes you got to be put in different situations to kind of grow a little bit. Sometimes maybe where you're drafted was just because you were the best available and not what the team actually needed, and you got to take the best available sometimes. And I like that Dobbs can recognize business from the emotions of saying, "Man, they screwed me over." No, take that advantage. Take advantage of your situation. I heard Dobbs say so many Mike Tomlin things over the last couple of days that I'm just like. At least for the ones that, that that take it on properly, DK, I'm with you, Jim. I'm just happy as heck for Josh Dobbs, man. Goodness, what a time to be him right now. Oh, man. And, you know, the part about the Dobbs story that just defies belief, and I read a couple of good pieces out of Minneapolis on this, is that he showed up in the middle of the week. He never had a chance to even go through the playbook. Before the game, in warm-ups, on the sideline, he's working with his O-lineman to establish his cadence okay, before the game. <laughs> now, now, if one didn't know better, one would say that Dobbs might be so smart that he's... <laughs> he, he's what? I'm sorry, I'm lost at words here, DK. That Dobbs is so smart that he's a rocket scientist. A rocket scientist, oh yeah, he is. Okay? I mean... You have to be out of this world. Uh, Minnesota's head coach said he'd never seen anything like it in all his years in football. And and <laughs> it, it's and then, but on top of that, he goes out there, he performs, he runs, he scrambles, he breaks free, uh, he he reads the offense, and he's giving them play calls that are like. Like you know, Ben used to say, "Well, it's like the playground. We're right. Yeah. We're, just, we're scratching them down on a, on the on the dirt." He was doing that. He broke it down by saying this analogy. It's like studying for a Spanish two test, and then showing up to the classroom and realize it was actually a test for French. Like that's what he had to deal with. DK. It was by far one of the best things. Like no pun intended. 
his trajectory is like a rocket right now. It is. Good for him. You know, Sergio asks the inevitable question, how did the Steelers ever let Dobbs go? You know, there are things that I saw Dobbs do. I'm not going to lie here. In that game yesterday that I said to myself, I've seen that from him. Certainly the running, the slipperiness. I mean, he there's a reason that Mike Tomlin had him set up behind you guys occasionally just as a runner. Remember those gimmick plays? Yep, he was, man. And not only just that, man. You watch his college career, which a lot of people don't pay attention to tape, man. He did the same stuff in college. To where if you just give him time, let him grow, and trust him, he might not look perfect in practice. That's where coaches fail, DK, more times than not. They let practice determine the success of guys. And some guys, honestly, need to just do this, DK. Look, when them lights turn on, they turn into a totally different person. It's weird. In stadiums, to continue quoting Tomlin here, Christian comes to my rescue here. I like this. He says, I don't typically get in the chat, but balls to the wall is an aviation term. Back in World War II, aircraft had balls on the throttle, and the wall was the firewall. See, I knew that, Moan. That's what I meant right there, what Christian is saying. We try to keep this PG as possible, but you went down the G thinking you couldn't use that. And Christian, who's at the uncle table, we're going to make sure he get him a membership, DK. It's such good information right there. Now I know, and I'm better because of that. Yeah, that's uh, that's, um, – you got to like the rescue effort there on his part. No doubt, man. uh, I see what you did there, the rescue effort there. You like that? I was solid. I was solid. In stadiums. Frank Rice reminds everybody to hit the like button. And the boss wants everybody to know today that we are at 1,552 members. That is quite literally an all-time high as we continue to strive toward our goal of 2,000 by the end of this ongoing NFL season. Yeah, Uh, That is really, really cool. West Drury comes in with a contribution. Uh, Matt does the same thing. Uh, and says that he's given the barber the day off. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank y'all, man. And what Matt means by that specifically is this. He passed out the five gifts that the barber is usually doing. Oh, wait, no, he came in with five more than that. <laughs> so he's doubling up the barber. Uh, Matt, of course, is a six-month member himself. Uh, William Sessions comes in as a new member today. Uh, all of that's appreciated by everybody. The way to come in if you want to become a member is to go to dkps.net slash join. And that means right up there on your URL, up there in your address link. Don't be looking around for a button or anything like that. Uh, she says Matt is the barber. Is that true? Oh, Matt is the barber. I forgot. He's got like six different accounts on here. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. He actually admitted this to us. Hey, shout out to shout out to Matt, man. I appreciate that. Oh That's my really god. good. Hey guys, uh, when we come back, I'm gonna show you 10 seconds of the scenery at, at Falling Water today on a video. And then we're gonna do the only segment that matters. and I just got information. Josh Dobb is starting Sunday. Oh my gosh. But hey, of course he is. Hey Moan. <laughs> Bring it in, but DJ. Yeah, yeah it's it's hey Moan. <laughs> At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. 
chatted up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Falling Water, if you've never been there, and my understanding is most everybody has been there, okay? Nah, uh, but people come from around the world to see it. Frank Lloyd Wright, the legendary architect from a century ago who has, I mean, the Guggenheim Museum and like every, he's just, he's designed like every famous building in America, it seems like. This was the house that he designed for the Kaufman family of Kaufman's Lore here in downtown Pittsburgh. And I, I, I can't, it was a one hour tour, Moan. That I, I just can't recommend strongly enough. Really? And you know what I? Yeah, you know when I would recommend it for you specifically, since well, you're a St. Vincent College guy. Yes. And on the board out there, it's it's nothing's there, okay? But it's at least near a couple of places, near Connellsville. It's out in that direction, okay? Yeah. Of Latrobe. Uh, the same thing for any of you who come into Steelers training camp uh, for La in, in Latrobe and you're wondering what else is there to do. Well, in Latrobe, there isn't anything else to do, but if you make your way down South a little bit and find this place here, watch this mode. You're, you're just, I'm going to say it. That was somebody's house. How much? <laughs> not, not much at all. They actually told us the price. It was in 1935. It wow. cost like $600,000. Wow. It, and it would be like $2.3 million or something like that today. Uh-oh. The boss is storming over here. It means I got a fact wrong. Hang oh, on. man. Uh -oh. Here comes the editor. $139,000, she says, upon storming. Uh, yeah, that would be roughly around two, $2.5 today or whatever. So... But the, the, the amount of work that went into it, the gathering of the stones and the minerals, and now, ever since then, the upkeep and all that other stuff, thats uh, yeah. it, it's, it's incredibly, it just trust me, you'll never forget it. More, Somebody's more, house. More Dolly fact-checking. More Dolly fact-checking. She stormed. She stormed. I love that version of Dolly, man. She heard one <laughs> thing that I said. One no, ah, you said something wrong. Here I come. <laughs> it gets me going. I can't lie. Oh, I love it. Cat Madness says big shout out to Dolly for being so sweet to me. I'm glad she's nice to somebody. And my friends <laughs> last week stopping by the shop and being on the podcast was the highlight of the trip. Also, shout out to everyone in the chat who said hello. What an amazing scene it that was. was. Having everybody in under one roof, you know? A angle front. And Cat Manor, nice to meet you, dog. You were super, everybody was super cool. But to put faces with these I emojis and names, man, on social media is really dope. But, and just to cap it off, too, what a dub. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> made it worth it, DK. It did. Mm -hmm. It really did. Appreciate the contribution as always. AJ comes in with the same contribution and says, hey, Moan. How much does in-season team evolution relate to being a playoff-caliber team? I think we're getting into raising hell in December, right? Oh, my. Come on. Finish this. With our rookies being deployed and IR designations rolling over, might we be on track to actually hit mid-season form? 
I, I, I want to slow down just a smidge on the last one because they should all we should already be seeing some of those things. We got to see more cohesion from the offense. We got to see a better run stoppage, which we did on Thursday night. We got to be able to temper the end game stuff before the development of the guys. Now, AJ Dub, I will say this: this is that time of the year. Midway through November, coach sits everybody down. And y'all heard me say this: get a card to your wife, book the flights you need to, and buckle in. This is the ride we're looking for now. If you're a freshman, or if I said freshman, if you're a rookie starting, you're no longer a rookie. You're over half a season in. So, yes, the expectation is you should be headed into playoff caliber ball right now. Whatever you think you are, now is the time. This is where the bigs start to lean a little bit more on the opposing defenses. This is where your defense start to lock down. This is what Joey Porter Jr., okay, decides I'm him. I'm no longer a rookie. That word rookie, DK. <laughs> right. Ball, At this point, yeah. Ball, ball it up and throw. Who are you accepting as a rookie right now? Nobody, mm-hmm. right? Nobody. Yeah, I, I really think that by the time you get this much time on the field, even if it's like, let's say, for example, sporadic playing time like what Keanu Benton has gotten. Yeah. Okay. Well, Benton's still gotten more than what a lot of people would have anticipated because obviously Cam Hayward's injury. He's been out there quite a bit, you know, Uh, Jim Montgomery wants to know is, is Broderick Jones, the new starter on the right side. You don't bench a player and put him back in the lineup. They did it with him once. Not with Broderick this time around. I feel like this one was a, Hey, we saw success. Uh, and I know Broderick was drafted to be the left tackle. I saw somebody also a second ago, DK, that asked the question, um, is Broderick going is, is Broderick going over to the left eventually? Let's just see how this play out. Let's watch how it develops. I think Broderick's young enough and athletic enough to where he can be a guy that plays the right side right now and move over to the left side, depending on what the, uh, the offseason looks like. Here it is right here from Brian Weaver. Hey, Mon, is Broderick the starting right tackle now? Does he move back to the left next year? Do we draft a new left tackle? How does this O-line shape up? Again, as far as I would think, if I'm the GM of this team, think about it. Why would I go get another left tackle just to raise him up when I can potentially move over Dan Moore at some point? Or keep Broderick as your right tackle? Because, DK, here's the thing. where What side does TJ Watt wreck havoc at? Well, they've been moving him around in fairness here. But, yeah, I see your point. Primarily, and I've seen Von mm-hmm. Miller do this. I've seen Miles Garrett do this. I've seen Micah Parsons play this role. They move rushers left and right side. You, As much as we will make about the left tackle prestige, the right tackle's got to be just as good. And here's the other portion of it, too. Broderick is 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 that type of guy to where the run side, run side is usually known as the right side, the power side. He can play that role well. I ain't opposed to it. I'd love to see him at left, but I've had some talks with some people that's been around Dan a little bit, said Dan struggles trying to learn how to play the right side. He's always in his entire life only played the left side. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I heard that that the same thing that you did, which is that which is that Broderick Jones's placement on the right side had way more to do with Dan Moore than it did with Broderick Jones. Right. But you know what? To our eyeballs, it worked. It, okay, I, You had 164 rushing yards. Uh, yeah, a lot of that was Jalen Warren, okay, making things happen. But it all starts up front, last I checked, right? It does. Yes, sir. Yes, it does, DK. You know, Rob Lightfoot says, hey, Moan, 
How do we get away from Kenny Pickett? Mitch, Mitch Trubisky isn't the answer either. Can we be in the mix for a quarterback this draft season? You know one funny thing that happened over this weekend when the Steelers weren't playing? That's a great when question. When you had C.J. Stroud throwing for 470 yards, and you had a bunch – and Josh Dobbs out of nowhere, and you have these really terrific quarterback performances everywhere, and they all – everybody looks better than Kenny. <laughs> that You can't help. But think about that, you know? I saw somebody post, uh, C.J. Stroud has more touchdowns in, in a half a season than Kenny Pickett does in two years. Yeah, he does, That's though. facts. Yeah, and it's not like he went to some loaded Houston team. That team was low. They, 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 they really fired. Low. They, they hired two coaches and fired them both within two years just to send them away so they can get D'Amico Ryans and number one overall pick. Like, you do have to question it. Um, but again, the hit rate, success rates for first round guys, I think is only like 48%, y'all. I was going to say it's half, it's, it's half and half. Yep. So, I mean, what are you asking? Pittsburgh has really done well in the first for the most part. They've at least gotten those four years out of guys. It's just never had to be a quarterback situation. So how do we get away from Kenny? I've said it time and time again. If Kenny doesn't show up, they got a silver bullet called the fifth year option. Randy Wagner points out, and I love this, is one of the things I thought about with C.J. Stroud's 470-yard performance was thinking back to the times that Ben, and that's plural, times that Ben oh. threw for 500. One of those, of course, came against Green Bay. And, uh, you know, Moan, you've been there. You've, you've, oh. you've been up front for 500-yard passing performances. What was that like? Oh, my gosh. I'm looking for the ball right now, man. Uh, <laughs> I got I got three balls. All of them are significant for specific reasons. 41, 17, uh Falcons. I got Baltimore on Christmas, I think, and I got this no sacks game against the Colts on Thanksgiving. Uh a one of those, October 26, six touchdowns. Oh my. What are those games like? That's me blowing out, blowing out my weapon. Seven. I, that's why I think I feel like in that 2014 game, like grabbing like grass and like I'm drop, dropping Ben a dime. Here's another dime for you, sir, because you just on fire. Like it's fun, DK. It's unstoppable. Oh, my Does it raise gosh. your own confidence, though? I mean, your role is so different than what Ben is doing. Is, you know, oh here he goes. God. He's going to go find these footballs. Just wait got, for it, everybody. This, this one in particular. Look at this. My bad, y'all. Uh, here we go. Let's go. That ball right there. Zero nice. sacks, single-season Steelers record for passing completions, 40. Passing yards, 522. And passing touchdowns, 6. October 26, 2014, Hinesville, Pittsburgh, PA. He didn't hand out many of these, but that ought to tell you how sick. 51 oh, yeah. to 34. Yeah, it was very real. 51 Ooh. points. Unforgettable. Absolutely unforgettable. Seven, you on fire, my brother. Oh my! But did but did what he did? Did that bolster your own performance? It did because your roles are obviously so different. Do you think to yourself, man, I can do anything because he can do anything? Facts. I don't care what pass move you're bringing. I got you. Don't even I worry about. This. I got you. Oh, offense need to score again. They got thirty. I right, we got you, DK. That's why I believe you elevate people because of the folks you're around. Sometimes. Ben grabbed us by the boots and was like, come on, y'all. Just give me time, have confidence, and know what you got going on. And we're going to – is that, DK? Oh, my he, gosh. 
Yeah, he had quite the offense too. We don't want to just give Ben all the credit here. Yeah. It is not not just the line either because AB was, you know, poking home a lot of those touchdowns and, and <laughs> yeah. creating space for all the other wide receivers and tight ends. And you know, there was there was a lot of talent on <laughs> that offense. Championship a offense, of, a championship of a, offense. And that's always the conversation. That's yeah, that's that, always the conversation we go back to. How DK? How yeah, man? I think we know how. Yeah, we do. You go to New England, and you know uh, the defense Faro. couldn't stop anybody schematically or personnel wise, yeah. and and there that went. Uh, uh, Brian comes in with a contribution and says, "Hey, Moan, is Kenny Pickett's are Kenny Pickett's miscues due to footwork? It seems like early in games his feet look rushed, and as the game goes on, he looks more comfortable." Can I say something? Here? Go ahead, please. There have been a lot of questions, a lot of comments, a lot of criticism about Kenny and his throwing over the past few days. People, broken rib, okay? The rib is like, it's like, tell them, Moan, it's like being stabbed in the heart, and he's throwing a football. Give him at least a week break. And he did that on three days of non-healing? Yeah. And he was a good reason why this team won. Can't deny that. Sure. Cannot deny that, man. Um, That rib sucks, Brian. There's nothing around. I've had it before and not even a broken rib. You can't breathe. You can't sleep comfortably. And everything is is very much uh, a pain and bother to you. Again, I told you, most times with players that have those type of injuries, there's a needle that's about this long, seriously about a oh, pencil. Here goes the needle again. And here's your rib bones no. right here. No. And they find whichever rib it is, and they go in there and poke and stick. And it sits there for a second until the, the medicine goes in to numb you up. So as much flack as Kenny's getting, uh, some of it may be warranted, and you probably just don't care. Uh, but there is a lot that goes into what he got going on. That's no excuses being made for him. Yeah, that's – I mean, honestly – I mean, he was throwing with a busted rib. At least pick another performance to dissect because he had some inaccurate ones earlier this season. Not this one. It was either Kenny starting the way he did or it was going to be Mitch going out there and throwing 100 interceptions. Yeah, I see Frank Rice said that. That's the type of stuff where you can't laugh or cough. Like... (laughs) I mean, it's it's asking a lot of the guy just to play football. Yeah, you know, and and we're gonna and we're gonna go at him because he was inaccurate with a handful of passes early on in the game. I thought he I thought he got better as the game went on. He kind of usually does. Yeah. Demond Brown comes in with, "Hey, Moan, what are your thoughts on, oh, on my George bad. Pickens?" Gosh. Here, I I got it back. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right here. What are your thoughts on George Pickens? Should we be worried? Um, you know what's what's the story here on George? You know he he went on Instagram. He he didn't delete Free his me. stuff. He archived it, freeing whatever yeah. else. And I've heard some other stuff about George as it relates to his being upset. He's a child. I don't even say that in a mean way. He's immature. Yeah, uh, he got a lot to learn about with the NFL and when your time is due. Uh, this team ain't where Philly is, where Kansas City is, where Dallas is as far as the way it operates. It's young, DK. Remember, we talked about this off air. This is a very young offense, from starting with the head guy. And I'm talking about Kenny Pickett. And what he's got to learn is there's a lot of people trying to f- define roles. Deontay is the most senior guy over there as far as playmaker. That's a stiller, right? That's, that's come all mm-hmm. the way through it. Deontay's going to get his, and that's just okay, too. 
right, DK? And he showed yes. that he can handle getting his too. Deontay's been Johnny on the spot. Again, there has to be layers of, of George's game plan that has to develop a little bit more. We not having this conversation. And y'all know this too, as we drum this up. And DK, like you said, this ain't a us conversation. This is a global conversation that Kenny's kind of invited everybody in. I mean, George has. But hear me out. Think about this. And you guys answer yourselves this own question. If he drags that other foot for a touchdown, are we talking about this? No. Because he because it would have been just like the previous week where he at least had a touchdown. He at least had something to put to his name. But then this is how look, I'm not one of those people who has a whole lot of sympathy for infantile behavior. Okay. There are points in your life where you just have to grow up. Yeah. Okay. And again, I'm not even saying that as if he's some bad dude or a problem or I heard whatever. he's a good teammate. He, and he's a good teammate. You see how he fights for them with the blocking that he does. You see how he supports them with his celebrating. This is not Antonio Brown. This is not late, late era Antonio Brown. Okay. No. But he's a child and he's got to grow up. And I, I keep hearing, well, why doesn't Mike Tomlin do this? Or why don't Deontay Johnson and Allen Robinson do this? Or why don't, how about if he does it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that is a him thing. He archived everything. That's what you can do. You can erase everything you want, and guess what? Poof, it's back within a split second if everything goes his way. And DK, it leads me into this, too. As we, AJ, thank you real quick. But this question goes with Barks. Barks goes, hey, Mon, why is it always wide receivers and running backs that have drama? Never see any of the big fellas acting immature. Well, one, it's because we don't really get that much shine. But here's the thing, too. To be fair to those two positions – Specifically the wide receiver, because running backs can run into darkness. But the wide receiver position, why there's so much of divas, is they're the one position that have to directly count on somebody else to get them the ball. They have to directly count on somebody else to give them the ball. And if they don't get the ball, they don't get no merch. They don't get no praise. They don't get no money. They don't get no yards. They don't get no shine. They don't get no popularity. That's the one position. Think, let's go back to about three, four, maybe five weeks ago. A.J. Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles had a situation where he was just upset and pouting. You know what A.J. Brown did the last, like, five, six weeks? The first wide receiver, I think, to have 125-plus yards and a touchdown six weeks straight. They got to bark a little bit to get some attention. I guarantee you this. It wouldn't shock me to watch George Pickens have three straight uh, receptions to start the game next week. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I know. And, and, I get and it, even DK. That, even that is – Oh, I don't know. I Antoine get it. says, regarding Kenny, uh, a broken rib causes a quarterback to overcompensate for the broken rib to throw a little harder and the ball sails. And we saw, I think, two really egregious examples of that, again, early in the game. And now I also have a lot of people coming back with, well, he's been the same way since he entered the league. That's not fair. Yeah, You've seen games where he's been really, really accurate. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I don't think he has a general inaccuracy problem. He's had a couple of games where he's had it. Uh, Bob Schreiner says, "If I hear your point, DK, but if you're going to play Hurts, you still got to be able to play. Moan, he did play. He did play. And he won. He was this team's best option as far as quarterbacking yes. to get the job done. And he Kenny understood was, that. He yes. did. He was, he, was, he was clutch. Wasn't perfect, but he was clutch. Uh, he held this team together as much as possible can with the rush game, too. Yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't understand. You know, watching him play, 
through that kind of pain or did they maybe did they not mention this on the broadcast i don't see the I tv broadcast it. did they like never say that he was playing through a busted rib i'm more than sure you know they can't wait for a storyline like that dk <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, you can't yeah. even breathe let yeah. alone i mean he took two hard hits one of them illegal yeah. with jeffrey simmons landing on him full yeah. body weight i mean come on you know they see bark z brings up the best point here why don't the big fellas act immature like i want to see <laughs> i want to see the left guard who completes who just does his job seals a guy off and then dances yeah afterwards. all by him <clears throat> like the isaac selmalu just dancing after he blocked that dude on the Najee touchdown. You know what we get? We get handed the football to spike it in the end zone after we do our job, DK. That's mm-hmm. what we get, man. Uh, it's I don't know. It's just the grinder's mentality at that position like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's – there's uh, we can get into the – oh, here's here's a good one here from DC. It says, uh, hey, Moan, do you see the team keeping the same toughness level for the rest of the season – or do you see them taking a step back after having success last week? You just spent time with the Steelers. Some guys that you've known from the past, some guys that you're just getting to know, you had a chance to gauge them. And, and I know you're really good at this off the field, their toughness level. Do you think this team maintains this type of fight through all 17? I'll, I'll say this. With the young uh, rookie, Broderick Jones, starting, I think there's added motivation there. I think George Pickens has motivation there. I think watching Dan Moore and anybody else in that O-line getting comfortable, I don't think that's going to be the case. Najee finally had one of those grind-out games where his average was pretty solid. And just the way the guys play roles and the way Deontay – and I'm going strictly offense because I don't really worry about the defense as much, DK, this time around. Um, yeah, I think it sticks. I hope they showed that, too, week in and week out, DK, for these reasons right here. The North going to be tough for them to finish out this season. There's two teams that want some payback, okay? And that's Baltimore and, and that's Cleveland. They want some get back for how you beat them when you weren't supposed to. So if they're not right-minded and, and understanding what's in front of them and have that level of toughness, shame on them. But I can see them having that because you need those signature primetime wins to kind of push you over the top. And I've seen people talking about, um, of course, Matt Canada being on the sideline. I don't know if that's the rhyme or reason, or maybe he needed to feel the crowd and the team and guys can directly talk to him about what they do and don't like. There may be something there with him. But all that working in together, DK, I I hope it leads to that toughness sticking. By the way, Matt Canada, before we go, has this dark stare about him and all things that he does he's not a happy individual right now whoa 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 what (laughs) you ever looked at his face in in the game like i've watched him at the at the team hotel he has this dark friggin' look about him like he's just trying to overprove himself and just not an ounce of happiness in his body no there's not there's not he he doesn't exactly exude joy up to and including when he attempts to make jokes uh with he make uh, jokes us reporter types he tries oh wow and it's 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 tough man the (laughs) jokes are tough (laughs) let's just say that so is the crowd. Oh, is it like Wes Craven making jokes? Like, what is it, man? Wow. Steven wow. Spielberg? Dang. Tyler Johnson says, hey, Moan, since we're at the halfway mark of the season, or I guess whatever passes for the halfway mark in uh, 17 games, uh, who is the one player 
you most want to see turn it around and finish the year strong? Mason Cole. Being around Speaking him. Speaking of the fight, yeah. Being around him, it, it changed my, my tone into how I viewed his kind of a little bit of a step back. If he can be the anchor that that group needs, he's DK. He's one of us is what I felt like. And if he can just take that step, I don't know what his thing is, but if he can anchor that group just a little bit more in his spot, specifically him, Mason Cole's got to be that guy, DK. Don't worry about nobody else because if he's holding it down, he's going to make James Daniels get it together. Isaac going to come together, man. Mason Cole's the dude for me. Uh, I'm going to – can I go way off the reservation here? Please. I, I think you might like this one. Number 97, Cam Hayward. And here's why. Cam can either look at what happened to him as, oh, no, I regret this. I had more opportunities to build up this and that. And, I, you know, Hall of Fame status and caliber and all that other stuff that matters. And it does, and it should, to Cam. Or he could say, you know what? I now have a chance to just go out there for nine games and just ball out. Yeah. Okay. That's not an aviation term, by the way. <laughs> Where he can just go out there and just, I, I don't have to worry about anything managing myself for the long season. I am just going to let it all fly. I get the opportunity here to play a nine or 10 game season and I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. And as you and I know, I don't care what Cam's age is. Cam can begin wrecking people's houses. Yep. Okay, in a way that not even TJ, nobody can do the disrupting that Cam can. Am I right here? No, the guy who right. faced him in practice every damn day for a decade. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% correct, man. And here's the thing, too, that I want from Cam, as you mentioned him. Give me a couple plays off, Cam. I mean, let Keanu yeah. get in there a little bit. I I, I want to see that rage as I see my brother Ron Slade coming there. What up, Ragers? Uh, I, I want to see Cam at max peak the entire time. Let, let Keanu get in. He, his post he had, I just want to rock. Like, he gets back there. I'm a believer in his size. I'm a believer in him being a student of the game. I told you guys that the, the group that he was around uh, right before team meeting, TJ, okay, Fajoko. Okay, uh, who was it? Uh, 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 Larry O. Okay, Minka. He was around those dudes, not saying much, listening with a little bit of input. Take some of that and roll with it, man. That, that's what I want to see from him. Yeah, there's a couple people pointing out that Broderick Jones did some celebrating after the Najee touchdown. But again, what happened, though, if you guys will remember it more specifically, is that Broderick Jones... Uh, ran into George Pickens in the end zone, and they did one together away from the pack. These guys are, you know, these these guys are tight, and they they both enjoyed their own roles in that. Now, I, the day we start getting everybody up and dancing after a block, we're we're <laughs> we're gonna be really out of control. You know, Demond Brown yeah. comes in with a four ninety nine contribution. He says, "Hey, Moan." I, I also wanted your thoughts on seventy seven. His presence seemed to energize the entire line. I don't care where he starts on the line. He makes us better. Did he do that, Moan, and can that happen? Can a right tackle come onto the field and give energy to the rest of the line? He did, and it's based off of what I wrote last week. We got us a goon. We do. 
I, I don't like the personal foul that he got the unsportsmanlike that cost us 15 yards to set him up, you know, because it hurt the team, right? Uh, but I love the fact that he has some attitude. You need somebody in your group to be that agitator. You need somebody in your group to be like, hey, we're not going for what they think we are anymore. We're not that team that you're just going to push around. Whether that was him that initiated them guys' attitude or the fact that you know how it is as a Lone Ranger sometimes, DK, you need a buddy. Maybe that's the buddy that Mason Cole needed. Maybe it's the fact that, look, now Dan Morgan play a little bit better because he don't have Broderick running down his neck and hearing everybody say, you should start, you should start. Maybe it's the goon that Isaac need a little bit, and there's no better person to have than a young guy. Again, the same thing that I spoke about when Pouncey walked in the room. You heard me tell that, tell that story, right, DK? Mm-hmm. When he walked into the room, it wasn't just in the play. It wasn't just the play. It was the attitude. And here's the beautiful thing about Broderick, too. Big athlete. And you also notice him on the field. His pulling, when he was on the left side and on the right side, opened up holes, man. You got every right to be optimistic about him. And what was his penalty? I think him and Jeffrey Simmons got into it this past weekend. And I'll say this. I respect the heck out of Jeffrey Simmons. Ain't many people I know going to bark back and also push back with him. You got to give a little bit of a tip of the hat to the young bull for saying, I don't care who you are. You're not about to bully me. Yeah, that that's the funny thing. It, when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about the 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 adjustments that the kid has to make, I mean, you you also still want to see that fire. You want to oh. see that he's got that AFC North in him, you know. Especially since that now means something again to the entire football world. The entire football world is looking at the AFC North and saying that's the best division in football. Not the most competitive, not the most heated, although it can be those things too, but the best division in football. Moan, I wanted to ask you this in the opening segment and forgot about it. This this one's from me. Hey, Moan, (laughs) are you a believer that the AFC North is, is is a tide that raises all ships? To an extent, especially now that you have, you know, Cleveland and, and Cincinnati aren't aren't the the pushovers anymore. Yeah. You know, does it does it make everybody stronger? Screw being biased, DK. The answer is a, is a hell yeah. It okay. is. It ain't even close. I've seen other divisions. I've played against other divisions. Their level of play doesn't match the AFC North more often. Like we view teams as just like an in the way team. Because you were in the way of us having to go play Cincinnati next week. Okay? <laughs> I like, love We this. view teams like, okay, um, L- L.A., man, we, let's just get the next week. We got Baltimore at home. You know what I'm saying, DK? I don't care if it's a 1 o'clock game, a 3.30 game, a 4.30 Eastern time, or a freaking late night primetime game. Yes, I'm a firm believer in that, DK. And other teams have had premier quarterbacks. Look at that. Remember the AFC East? I mean, think about when Brady ran it. Like, in the North, everybody plays ball every single Sunday. And we'll go beat your team up and soften them for you the next week. You you can thank us later. I'll tell you what. There was a, a, a case where when Bill Cowher finally got his uh, Super Bowl championship, okay, uh, the, the Jerome Bettis championship Detroit. up in Detroit and everything. Yeah. When Bill Cowher finally got that, um, he was speaking – the the parade or the celebration that was held here in downtown Pittsburgh down by the point. And somehow the conversation comes up and then he's being interviewed 
is being in a side interview um, by whichever local station was showing this and just asked him to, they just asked him to describe his feeling. He, and he said in typical, if you've seen Bill Cower when he's really so giddy that he's rattled. Okay. (laughs) And he just goes, it's like, it's like winning at Cincinnati or Cleveland or something. And I'm like, coach, no, man, this was the Super Bowl, And he still couldn't get the divisional stuff out of his head. He equated them in that answer. It was crazy. Dog, you know what's crazy, DK? It's not crazy because we're talking good football here. I've talked to other dudes that played in Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, and same thing. Like, the reason Larry O fits into that locker room, because Larry understands what it takes to play in the the AFC North. That's why when a guy comes over from Cleveland or Cincinnati, you dap them up because it's like, hey, we had some real good battles, didn't we? And you become a teammate. Why is Mike Hilton the way he is over there, man? You know, oh. you could say the same thing about any any guys who've switched teams within the, the division. North. You know, like the, the king of that now is Larry Ogunjobi, obviously. And you ask him, and they just it, it just feels to them like it's a different first name to the same last name, you know? <laughs> Evan Wirtz wants to know if, if you're in your opinion, if the Steelers were the team. That set the standard for the North. If you look at the history, it's got to be, yeah. It has to originate there because I mean, Baltimore copycatted Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, w- and what is Cleveland template right now? A real good defense with a quarterback that can sling it, allegedly. Cincinnati situation is the exact same thing. They, for the last, I feel like, two or three free agencies have really situated themselves to have be players as far as getting a good offensive line and a stout defensive line. Pittsburgh always does those things. I, I, just look at the template. It's laid down, and most people will tell you, too, and I don't know if Baltimore ever admits this, DK, but look at the way the teams are built. They're built the exact same. Outside linebacker rushes the strength of their team. And BK right now for Baltimore is Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt. That's just the way it is. As far as players, DK, as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. way they got to get an outside linebacker, they're not them, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Brian points out here that there's four guys now on the offensive line who can pull. You should start using it, and maybe we'll start seeing some of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our, our man, Jay Freeman, who keeps coming in with these monster contributions, we're grateful for it. Uh, he points out Terry Bradshaw had bad seasons, and look at him now. The Dolphins, the current Dolphins, haven't beaten a team over 500. The Steelers have, and they've done so against strong defenses. Kenny Pickett is known for his comeback drives. The Steelers should also get credit for their efforts. It does all start up front. Uh, you know, they're 5-3, and three, okay? And they finished last season 7-2. and two. What's the math on that? 12-5. Uh, and five. Okay. That's yeah. a pretty good NFL full season right yeah. there. The quarterback for almost all of that has been Pickett. Um, whether it's a fourth quarter comebacks, whether it's just the, uh, his his leadership, or in some cases, I don't know why everyone seems to be having selective memory about this. He's had games where he was really accurate. Yeah. He's had some where he wasn't. But he it, doesn't have a history of being inaccurate. He just doesn't. It's probably in losses, DK, or moments where you figure these things out, right? Or these things come to the forefront. By the way, Jay Freeman, much appreciate 
the contribution, man. But you're right. Sometimes you need time. Um, I was talking about a young guy here with the uh, Titans recently. It's like, man, this is his third year. He's supposed to look like this. We're so quick to want a uh, finished product on day one, DK, that it, it, it sucks to go through the growing pains. It just does. And uh, Ben, being the guy that he was, I mean, think about that team. He was supported in a major, major way. And he was a real good talent to his rookie and second year also. I'm not minimizing that. But that 2004 and five team is not this 200. I mean, I said 200. 2023 team. It just ain't. Just based on structure, DK. Yeah, I hear you. Kevlar says, and this will be our last question for the day. I know you guys love Chooks, but where do you think this line needs to go? More on the left, Jones on the right. Chooks is good in pass protection, but his run blocking, yeah. Um, for Moan answers, I, I do want to confirm, yes, we both love Chooks. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, That's that my dude. Yeah. And uh, if you missed Friday's show, shame on you, number one. Go check that out. But I told you, Chooks, I was down on the field before the game, and Chooks came up to him and was like, hey, did you hear the news? I was like, no, nah, what isn't? I wanted him to kind of tell me what had happened. And he was like, well, they're going to start Roderick. And I told him, take this personal. Everybody has this moment. You kind of were thrown into it, uh, whether you, you feel like they did you wrong or not. But you can tuck your head and run, or you can just say, you know what, never again. That's my that's my thing for Chooks is never again because you never know who's going to go down and who's got to go up. But he can't sulk, and that's what I let him know. Whether it be here in Pittsburgh or whether it be somewhere else, Chooks, now you've had that real moment. This, honestly, DK, considering his pathway, Maybe his real first NFL business moment because he started young. Then he got the deal not soon after COVID hit, and now he's just been the starter because. Yeah, this- he, I mean, he had that time where he was the tackle in, tackle eligible, and then he eventually for you know got his way. He pushed his way into the starting right tackle job. But I'll say it again here. He's got to finish his plays. He's got to he carry them through to the end, and he doesn't always do that. That feels like such a fixable thing, Moan. It is. But you know what does that, DK? What fixes it? Heartbreak. Hmm. We benched you. Oh. Heartbreak does that to you, DK. It does. I was there. Oh, once I got back in that second time around, DK, after my rookie year, you I ain't never ever going back to the bench. <laughs> I, I like hearing my name out of the doggone tunnel. You hear me? <laughs> I ain't ever going back to the bench. So I hope this is what he feels. Absolutely love this. Guys, listen, thanks so much for watching uh, to everybody. And uh, we might or might not be back in a couple of seconds. Uh, maybe. AJ Dub has some appreciation to express to you, Moan. Uh, he says, thanks again for inspiring me to go to my first NFL game, Thursday night football. Blew me away. I'm already scheduled to go to another Steelers game. Uh, that was a nice – you were there. Was. It, was a, it, was a, it was a good, lively crowd. Uh, they were vocal. They didn't leave till the very, very end. There, there was none of that silliness, even though it was a late-night game with Workday, yeah. theoretically, the next morning. Uh, Nice atmosphere, right? It was a, a beautiful atmosphere. Uh, I saw some people saying, you know, the top areas of the stadium wasn't filled in. That's a Thursday night game is how I look at that. 
the people who filled that stadium in, all tickets were sold. It was loud. It was uh, a great optics on it, DK. I, I did see some of the TV copy, man. The towels, y'all showed out on Thursday. If you weren't a fan, that makes you a fan, DK. It does. Did you see, did you see Debo at halftime when he came out? Uh, Debo got introduced. Did he? Uh, oh, yeah. Was part of the, the Hall of Honor group. It was it was fantabulous. Yeah. Uh, just he, he came out and just gave his stare either side of the stadium like this it was just wow only he could pull that off every time it works man i saw so many people up there dk it was a good friggin' time uh from mr rooney to dan his son man omar all the way down to all the coaches players my former teammates y'all made that trip worth i was dog tired all this weekend dk but I had a blast with y'all, man. Gosh, you gotta love Pittsburgh and what y'all do up there. No, I could tell that was fun. And it's you know what? It's fun right now for the Steelers to be in. It's a race. It's a it's a divisional race that the whole football world is gonna be watching. Okay? Yeah. Because if you don't, if you look at the Ravens and don't think they're for real, maybe they are. Okay. Ravens. If you look at the Browns and you think oh, they're just going to fade away because of the whole quarterback mess and the injuries they've had and Nick Chubb, but they haven't. If you look at the Bengals and think, well, they just, I mean, they started off so badly and who knows how they, how do you recover from that? They're recovering. So why is it that around here, everyone just looks at the Steelers, it seems, and says, yeah, but there's no chance for them. Why? Fat, happy, and sassy, baby. <laughs> Happy and sassy, DK. Everybody needs it, dog. I guess. I guess. Here, Toddy wants Debo back on the defense. Where <laughs> are you going to put him? Where are you going to put him with oh. these edge rushers? Where are you going to put him? Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, I see somebody say, I don't see us winning the Super Bowl. You know what? You never know how this thing going to shake out. Heck, I thought Cincinnati was going to win it last year. They was a first-round bounce, weren't they? First or second-round bounce. Yes, just like that. Yeah, and that and that happens too. But you know, the division toughens you up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, guys, listen, thanks so much for watching, and uh, and for the contributions and everything else. We appreciate it. No doubt, good people. Thank y'all, man. Victory Monday again. <laughs>